One Week Season. going on hilo here again bringing you another divisional breakdown slash off-season move slash what to expect moving forward jump right into it we're going to cover the afc south starting with the texans they brought in david coley as the head coach he comes over from the baltimore pass game coordinator uh he is an old school coach um preaches basics execution um, they're also going to have a holdover offensive coordinator, uh, who Coley was basically asked him to simplify, uh, the offense from last year, obviously high passing volume offense. Tyrod Taylor looks like he's going to be your starting quarterback for at least the beginning of the season. Still have the saga going on with Deshaun Watson. Not sure how that is all going to shake out, uh, but it looks like Tyrod Taylor will be the starter. Uh, We've got a 16-headed backfield monster. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Basically, they brought in no less than four running backs this offseason. So expecting really a weekly three to four running back committee here uh, with the Houston Texans. You've got Mark Ingram and Phillip Lindsay, who are expected to primarily handle early down work. You've got David Johnson and Rex Burkhead on hand to handle those change of pace and third down duties. The wide receiver room consists of Brandon Cooks, Chris Conley, both starting on the outside, and then it's expected that rookie Nico Collins is going to start in the slot. The rest of the depth chart includes guys like Andre Roberts and Anthony Miller. So yeah, not the most talented set of wide receivers here. They also have a mishmash group of tight ends, including Farrell Brown, who is expected to be the primary blocker, so he's likely to be named the starter on paper. Uh, Jordan Akins, who would be the primary pass catcher, he's expected uh, to see primary work uh, on passing situations. And then rookie Brevin Jordan as well. So you're starting to get a sense of what this roster looks like on paper, not the prettiest. They're also expected to have a bottom three defensive unit and be under the tutelage of new defensive coordinator Lovey Smith. He's been around the world and back again on the defensive side of the ball. His last stop was uh, the Fighting Illini Illinois head coach. Uh, Oh, but wait, it gets better. Bottom five expected offensive line. And even with those personnel shortcomings, Uh, Coley has said that he wants to be a more balanced offense uh, after Houston led the league in pass yards in 2020. Not highly likely to be the case here. Uh, This team is likely to be the poster child of a whooping boy this season. So look for the Texans to start games slowly. Look for them to start trying to run a balanced offense, likely to have a hard time doing so. Uh, And then slowly, as the game moves on, transitioning to the pass. What this does for me, in my mind, is it sets up extremely well for Brandon Cooks and rookie Nico Collins. Considering their shortcomings elsewhere, considering Tyrod Taylor at quarterback, 
it's likely that these two are going to lead the team in targets this season. Moving over to the defensive side again with defensive coordinator Levy Smith. Um, he's somewhat a an old school stuck in his ways coach. So this entire coaching staff is kind of old school um, and basically is almost stuck in their ways to a sense. So Levy Smith's is Levy Smith's defensive scheme. He's still clinging to a Tampa two, um, a legacy cover two defense. NFL offenses, I guess the problem with that is NFL offenses over the previous four to five years have really adapted and learned to absolutely shred that base defense to pieces. So pulling another quote here, Levy Smith's first quote after being hired as the defensive coordinator in Houston was, I quote, I think our defensive scheme is better suited for the NFL. So that pretty much tells you everything you need to know about this antiquated scheme that he's going to be trying to run here and how much success he had with that scheme in college. Uh, So spoiler alert, this defensive scheme is not better suited for the NFL. It's better suited to be retired. So what we have out of Houston, we got a dumpster fire on both sides of the ball, likely to lead to increased pass volume, not increased when compared to last year, because we know this coaching staff is going to try to mute Uh, that passing volume as much as possible, which, uh, I mean, kudos to them for trying to do, but it's not going to work out too well. Um, But in a sense that it is going to be increased to where they want it to be. Uh, So I'm primarily looking towards Cooks and Collins, and I'll be looking to those guys prior to the field catching on. So that'll do it with Houston. And then obviously we didn't talk about their defensive personnel they lost. Obviously, J.J. Watt is gone. Um, and that just goes into the whole bigger picture for this defense. All right, moving over to the Colts. We've got Marcus Brady coming in uh, or stepping up as the offensive coordinator, getting a promotion from the quarterback's coach. Uh, that means, I guess, fairly little. He's basically just going to have an input because this is Frank Reich's offense, and Frank Reich will be calling the plays. Quarterback Carson Wentz reunites with Frank Reich after experienced success with him early on in his career, who uh, he had as an offensive coordinator. They've got a expected top five offensive line, but keep an eye on guard Quentin Nelson's health early in the year. He's coming off of foot surgery, but he's pushing to be ready for week one. We still don't know a confirmation either way there. Um, And he is one of the top ranked offensive linemen in the league. Also keep an eye on another member of this offensive line, Eric Fisher. Uh, He had off-season Achilles surgery um, and was placed on the COVID list about four days ago. We got T.Y. Hilton, who is going to be out for at least the first three games after being placed on the IR with a disc issue in his neck and back. What that's going to do is it's going to uh, open up some additional snaps for Paris Campbell. And um, we'll talk a little bit about uh, what I expect out of this offense in the early going here. We do have Paris Campbell coming back to health. We've got Marlon Mack coming back to health and we have Naheem Hines coming back to health. Uh, So just consider these three players um, additional tools for Reich to use uh, as rotational playmakers. Now that kind of comes with a caveat because with the TY injury, uh, I expect Paris Hilton to step into a starting slot wide receiver role, 
alongside Michael Pittman Jr. and Zach Pascal on the outside. In camp, Pascal and uh, Campbell were basically vying for that third wide receiver role, but it appears likely that at least for the first three games uh, and possibly more, um, that both of those guys are going to be labeled as starters this season. I'd expect Paris Campbell to see majority of his snaps out of the slot. He is a burner um, and an extremely quick and quick-footed wide receiver. So he basically, how I envision Reich using Paris Campbell, he's going to be looking to generate space over the middle of the field with layered uh, routes between Michael Pittman and Zach Pascal and then any tight end that they have on the field. Um, and open up that space over the middle to allow Paris Campbell to do damage with the ball in his hands. Michael Pittman profiles more as a possession-style wide receiver. We're thinking DeAndre Hopkins. We're thinking A.J. Green. Um, these, these wide receivers who, even Allen Robinson, those type of wide receivers who are body control wide receivers, who are win at the highest point of attack wide receivers, um, and less speedsters. Zach Pascal is kind of somewhere in the middle, and that's why I, I in my opinion, they're going to play him on the perimeter. Uh, but again, this is a Frank Reich offense. Thinking perimeter slot, that, that doesn't really carry as much weight as another offense as he is going to get creative with how he utilizes these weapons. In 2020, this offense was 10th in the NFL in situation-neutral rush rate. They were also middle of the pack in pace of play at 30.55 seconds per play and that ranked 18th in the league on the defensive side of the ball they allowed a paltry 3.8 yards per rush attempt in 2020 and that was the top of the league i'd expect that to remain fairly consistent uh, moving forward defensive coordinator matt eberflus relies on a heavy zone concept defense they played the second highest rate of zone in the nfl in 2020 um, but he has really transitioned over the last year and a half to two years away from a base cover two to a more dynamic mix of various uh, zone principles. So we're talking single high safety. We're talking cover one. We're talking cover two, even into the cover three and playing five defensive backs with three corners and two safeties uh, in the second level. Uh, so he's really mixing things up with the available personnel that he has. Eberflus on the front side uses a 4-3 front with low blitz rates. Um, and instead of looking to increase the pressure through blitzes, he's looking to create pressure organically and um, basically adopt a bend but don't break uh, in the secondary, keeping the plays in front of him. This did this heavy zone defense did um, allow this team to struggle somewhat against the deep ball in 2020. They allowed an average of 10.5 yards per completion and a 66.16% completion rate. So that is more a um, that is more due to a lack of organic generated pressure up front. Moving over to the Jags, they completely cleaned house. They gave a blank slate to head coach Urban Meyer with all the draft picks in the world. Urban Meyer brought over Daryl Bevel, uh, who, as the offensive coordinator, who served as Detroit's offensive coordinator last season. He also brought in Joe Cullen as the defensive coordinator, who served as the Baltimore Ravens def defensive line coach. They added corner Shaquille Griffin in free agency. And this, talking about this offensive scheme first, 
I think we're likeliest to see a somewhat of a Frankenstein offensive scheme with Bevel at the helm, uh, but it's going to have heavy influence from head coach Urban Meyer and as well as passing game coordinator Brian Schottenheimer. So um, I don't think that we're going to have seen an offense anything like what we're going to see out of the Jags. It's going to be it's going to carry some collegiate principles. It's going to carry some heavy uh, pass situations on earlier downs, and it's going to basically carry some interesting personnel alignments too, which we'll talk about here shortly. Um, actually, we'll talk about it right now. The offensive personnel alignments I expect to be extremely fluid, and I think he's, uh, I think both Urban Meyer and Daryl Bevel are going to be looking to rotate guys in and out to keep pressure on an opposing defense. And I think they're going to do that as opposed, I guess, to as opposed to doing that with pace of play. They're going to be looking to do that with various personnel alignments, looking to, for example, stick teams in nickel coverage um, or not allow a team to transition from zone to man on third downs or, you know, stuff like that to to really put pressure on a way that the league really hasn't seen uh, up to this point. I also wouldn't be surprised um, to see heavy shotgun formations, bubble screens, quarterback motions, um, and kickouts on the roll, ball out quick designs to allow his playmakers to flourish in space. Uh, again, I think this is going to be the opposite of a vanilla offense. They're going to have a lot of moving pieces, and it's going to be a pretty dynamic offense. The obvious loss of rookie running back Travis Etienne is going to be a big hit to that uh, scheme that they would like to run because he was going to be uh, a player that could create mismatches on multiple levels, both as a rusher and as a receiver. This offense added newcomer Marvin Jones Jr. in free agency. He will join incumbents DJ Shark and LaVisca Chenault Jr. in the wide receiver room. They also brought in Carlos Hyde to join Dare Agunboale and incumbent starter James Robinson. Tight end is a bit of a mismatch group consisting of Chris Manhurts, James O'Shaughnessy, Jacob Hollister, and then rookie Luke Farrell. Uh, so not expecting too much out of this tight end room. Chris Manhurts should be labeled the starter for his uh, pass or his run blocking ability. Switching over to the defensive side of the ball with Joe Cullen, he's going to begin his first year as a defensive coordinator. What do I expect? I expect a hybrid 3-4-4-3 scheme with uh, man-heavy coverage principles. I say that because he's coming over from Baltimore, uh, where they ran one of the highest rates of man coverage over the last three years. Uh, Jags also used second, third, and fourth round selections in this year's draft on the secondary alone with Tyson Campbell, Andre Sisco, and Jordan Smith in the second, third, and fourth, respectively. Based on the personnel available, I expect a good deal of single high safety defensive formations uh, with three to four defensive backs in man coverage. Uh, it could look a little bit like a Frankenstein cover three, but we're, I'm expecting these, uh, these defensive backs and these corners to be playing off uh, man coverage as opposed to a zone or a press man. I'd expect, uh, based on the personnel available, I'd expect um, Shaquille Griffin, C.J. Henderson, and Campbell 
to act as the quote unquote starting defensive backs in this alignment. And um, I think that basically is due because these three guys profile quite similarly to the defensive backs that they had in Baltimore last year. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how this defense kind of shapes up here. Um, again, coming from Baltimore, I expect some heavy blitz rates uh, and looking to generate that pressure uh, to allow uh, or I guess cut down the amount of time that their defense backs are covering man manned up. Jumping over finally to the Titans. A little bit of moving pieces here, huh? We got Todd Downing coming in or being promoted as the offensive coordinator. He gets a promotion from the tight ends coach. We have Shane Bowen getting promoted from the offensive linebackers or the outside linebackers coach to the defensive coordinator. We got Taylor Lewan, who finally appears healthy after missing time here and there last season. He is a big part of the reason why this offensive line is so good against the run, or I guess with the run. The offensive line ranked sixth in run blocking metrics, uh, but just 25th in pass blocking metrics in 2020. That being said, they allowed only 24 sacks on the entire season. They were sacked the fewest in the entire NFL, and that was primarily due to um, misdirections with respect to their run pass rates, as well as ball out quick mechanics from Brian Tannehill. They did lose corner Adore Jackson to ten uh, to Jacksonville, and uh, it's looking like they're going to see or they're going to have five new projected starters on the defensive side of the ball. Overall, I expect the defense to look largely similar to last year uh, with the promotion from within, but the secondary appears set to struggle once again particularly with the deep ball in high man coverage base sets. They allowed Corey Davis to walk in free agency, um, and they brought in Julio Jones as his direct complement replacement. They allowed Johnu Smith to walk in free agency, leaving them with Anthony Ferkser and Jeff Swain as the two likely uh, tight ends to be heavily involved. Anthony Ferkser is more of a pass catching only tight end. Uh, so I'd expect somewhere around the 60 to 65% snap rate for him. Whereas Jeff Swaim is the likely going to be labeled as the starter for his run blocking chops. They brought in Josh Reynolds from the Rams to occupy that slot wide receiver role. But this is a team that was in 11 personnel only 38% of the time in 2020, and that was second lowest in the league to only the Vikings. So I don't expect him to see the field all too often. On the other side of that coin, they led the league in 12 personnel usage rate in 2020 at 35%. And while Swaim is technically the starter, I expect both of these tight ends to be on the field a good deal. Obviously, the bread and butter of this offense is their run game. They had the third highest rush rate in the league in 2020 at 50%. And that was only 6% below the Ravens, who are setting records, basically, for the amount they are rushing the football. When all is said and done, the offense isn't going to appear too different. It's going to be highly concentrated offense built around Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and now Julio Jones. And what that is going to do, in my mind, the addition of Julio Jones from Corey Davis uh, is going to open up some coverage uh, 
that they would other teams would have otherwise been able to roll over to AJ Brown. So having to deal with both AJ Brown and Julio Jones, who AJ Brown has been compared to a, a younger Julio Jones. These guys are guys who can win at any level of the field. And that's really, really going to help to keep teams off balance here as well. Finally, in 2020, they were the fourth most efficient offense in drive success rate. And I expect that to largely remain the same for as long as their offensive line can remain healthy this year. All right, that should be seven out of eight. We got one more division to get through the NFC East. The shit show that is, no, I'm just kidding, the NFC East. Anyway, I digress. I will catch you guys soon for that final division, and we will be all wrapped with these primers. Mm -hmm.